Good morning. Good to be here. Good to see you. Glad you all are here this morning. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's amazing the last few weeks. It's probably in the most of the last four weeks. It's probably some of the greatest breakthroughs of my life. But the electricity is off or the lights are off. Can someone please tell all the ushers to put off all the urns? I don't like urns anymore. Because <laughs> they mess with my lights. Okay. Okay, are you, are you ready this morning? I'm going to shoot from the, from the hip, from the heart. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to, to Christians this morning, and I'm, I'm going to speak about storms. If you put on my first key, oh, my thing is not off. Huh? My thing is off. Okay, but I'm going to read to you. There's just a, a reality that we sometimes um, forget about. So just, I just want to read this from Ephesians 6. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Apostle Paul is saying, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against people. We don't wrestle against ourselves. But we are in a, in, a, in a spiritual battle. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand... Rion, if you can just open those blinds for me, that just a little bit of light can get in. Okay, so, as I said, the last month has probably been, I probably had the biggest breakthroughs ever in ministry, in my personal life, in encounters with God. But it's also probably been the toughest month I've, Sonic and I've had in many, many years. And so it's a bit of a bittersweet. It's like, yeah. But this sucks. On the other side, it's not fun. It's not fun to go through a storm. It's, not, it's just really not nice to go through a storm. It's like, and, and what happens when you're in the storm, it's like you, you start asking questions. Uh, okay, let, let me ask you this. Have, who's, who's been in a storm before? It's like there's just craziness in your life. It's just, it's just really battling. Craziness? Yes. Okay, so craziness happens every now and again, and you're going, through, you're going through the storm, and then you're trying to figure out what's going on. And so you can ask the, the different questions that you start asking. You ask, well, is it my fault? And you, so you start asking, did, did I do this to myself? And then if you've come to the conclusion it's your fault, that's really sad. And uh, you start blaming yourself, and you can easily fall into condemnation, and it's, it's, not, it's not fun. I mean, it's like when, you know, when I was at, in, in uh, Argentina, <clears throat> on our way, just on our way back, my bag got stolen, as most of you know by now. My bag got stolen, my passport, money, credit card, everything feels like my whole life got stolen. So now you're asking yourself afterwards, why didn't I hold onto the bag? Why didn't you hold onto the bag? If only I held into the bag, it wouldn't have gotten stolen, and I wouldn't have to go through this massive storm. But it doesn't help, does it, to blame yourself? Okay, so, 
Sometimes we blame ourselves when we're going through a storm. Then sometimes we blame others. It is the thief's fault. If only the thief, the idiot, didn't steal the bag. Just as an example, okay? Something happens in your life. And so if first we start off, we can start off blaming ourselves. If that doesn't work, then we start blaming others. We start blaming others, say, it's your fault. You did this to me. You are causing the pain that I'm experiencing in my life. And then we can fall into a place of hatred and ungodly anger. And that also doesn't help us. Then there's another option that we can say, well, as I, as I read there, sometimes there's a spiritual wrestling that we go through. It's in the natural, but it's, the source is spiritual. And I just felt the Lord lay on my heart this week. He just said, don't look for a natural solution when it's a spiritual problem. Don't look for a solution in the natural when it's a spiritual problem. You might apply natural things. You might use natural things to help you cope or whatever. But the source, the, the source is, is spiritual. And so you need to get to that root. Storm. Going through a storm. Okay, so we all have gone through storms. So if you're not going through a storm this morning, just make a few mental notes. That when you go through the storm, how to handle it. Because if you handle it in a wrong way, it can really, it can really break you in a bad way. And so I, I had this beautiful picture there's the Superman S on the screen, which is not there. But I want to, the, the, the challenge of when you're going through a storm, when you are hurting on the inside or things are happening on the outside, but it's just, there's a storm around you. The plan of the enemy is to get your eyes off Jesus. Because you're hurting. You're going through stuff. It's, so it, it, it wants you to look, the enemy wants you to look away. So let me just say it again to you that there is an enemy to our souls. Okay, let's say there is an enemy. There is an enemy. Okay, and the Apostle Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, not against ourselves. But also don't wrestle against people. But we wrestle against spiritual power. So very often there is a natural storm, but the source is spiritual. And you need to discern the source of the storm, so that you can deal with it, so that you can address it. Okay. So when you're in the storm, you ask the question, why am I going through the storm? Why? And um, I shared two weeks ago with you that I've come to the realization that I'm just a donkey. Without Jesus, I'm just a donkey going for a walk. With him, it becomes an invasion of God into a city. When God is with us, all things are possible. Jesus is the Superman. Jesus is the Lord over the storm. But I also want to. I also want to put an S on my chest. It's and it stands for small. Do you know we ever been on a? If you look at movies, I've not never been on the on the seas in a big storm. But you can just imagine these massive waves. It makes you feel small doesn't it? Makes you feel small. And I think that's good. I think that's good. I think when we go through a storm, part of the plan of the storm is to make us feel that we are small. And without him, we are nothing. I remember uh, someone was interviewing, a journalist was interviewing Smith Wigglesworth. 
Now, as I've often spoken about him, and the Lord has done mighty miracles through his life. He was a British man, lived in the middle 1900s, early to middle 1900s. And, and incredible miracles would happen at his meetings, mind-boggling things. And so the journalist came to, to Smith, and he said, Smith, how, how do you do this? How, how's it, how do you do these things? And it was a, he had a fascinating answer. He said, I have come to know that there is a God. And uh, I'm not him. Yeah, that's quite profound. That is quite profound. It really is quite profound. Because, you see, when God starts moving through us, when he starts doing powerful miracles, you can get confused about who's doing it. You know, even last week we were in PE, I was ministering chauffeur PE, small service, 40 people or so, and I didn't have a big expectation, I was just sharing stories from Argentina, and then I invited some people forward. I just felt, well, let's pray for some sick people, but I have no expectation. I, have, I did, really don't have much, much expectation, anything happening. But anyway, let's pray for the sick. So eight people came forward. I think at least six of the eight were healed. I mean, the one lady, she's had massive back problems for years since she had a baby. So I was just interviewing them, just over the microphone, just interviewing, okay, what's wrong? And she, was, she said she had massive back problems even since she, her husband must pull her off the couch because of all the back pain. She can't, she can't get up off the couch. And she has a little child, and she's going through this hell, you know, just continuous massive back pain. And so I'm asking her, and so I'm just praying for her, and then suddenly her eyes goes open, and she says, I feel better. So I ask her, okay, on a scale of 0 to 10, what pain level did you have? She said, 8. That was the pain level. It's now a 3. And so we praise God. So we prayed again, and then it went to 0. And the Lord healed her. Next lady had intestinal problems. The fire of God touched her. And uh, long story, the Lord healed her. She could do stuff she couldn't previously do. The pastor's, the pastor's mom broke her, her left foot. So she, and so the, a, a, a daughter was with her. She's a doctor. And the tendons and the muscles has been shortened in the foot. And so while I was praying for her, I just felt to put her on the seat, lifted her feet, and I saw that her one foot is like a few centimeters Shorter, one leg is a few centimeters shorter than the other leg. And so I said, do you see it short? I said, yes, we see it shorter. And so I said, God, in Jesus' name, heal. When I looked again, it was the same length. Just God. Just God. So we had a good party. People were celebrating. It was good. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. God, God, God is just working. Another one's shoulder got healed. and uh, God was just touching people. But in the midst of this, it feels like my wife and I were going through a storm. We're seeing God moving, we're seeing God touch people, but in the midst of it we feel like we're going through a storm, we can't really figure out what the heck is going on. But there's always a purpose for a storm. There's always a purpose for a storm. God is, God is always working. The devil's trying to work as well. But if we handle the storm right, we will know that we know that we know I am small. I will not touch his glory. We're just getting started. I just know over the last month, God has so been speaking to me about incredible, mind-boggling things that he wants to do. 
But it seems that sometimes we first, we first, we need to die to ourselves so that God can be God, so that we will not touch his glory, so that we will not touch his glory. Our God is amazing. Our God is amazing. So going through a storm, there's always a purpose for it. There's always a reason for it. It's not fun. It's not fun. So we ask the question, why am I going through a storm? What, why am I experiencing this? And then one of the answers we can get is, is this is God's fault. God's punishing me. Have you ever f- thought that? Have you ever gone through a crisis and you thought, I think God's punishing me. See, that, that, that doesn't help. <laughs> that disconnects you from God. It disconnects you from the source of, of your help. So often we ask those questions, why am I going through these things? The origin of the storm. I don't think the devil has the power to bring storms into our lives. But I do believe that when there is a storm, the enemy jumps on it. And he tries to get involved. He tries to minister to your thoughts. He tries to tell you things. He tries to accuse the goodness of God. So the enemy will tell you, ah, you know. God doesn't care. God's not worth you. God isn't good. Those thoughts. Have you ever had those thoughts? Going through a crisis? God, the goodness of God being accused. And so Jesus in John chapter 16 verse 33. The Superman saying, These things I've spoken to you. That in me, say in me. You may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. No, God, let's rip that out of the scriptures. No, that's, a, that's the wrong one. No. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is saying, in this life, you will have tribulation. Tribulation, the word literally means a pressing and a crushing. Like olives being crushed or, 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 or grapes being crushed. And so sometimes we go through tribulations and it brings a crushing on the inside. It hurts. It's not fun. But you know God is working. You know he is good. You know he's doing something. And then Jesus says, be of good cheer. No, God, I'm not feeling like, I don't want, I don't, I'm not feeling like being in good cheer. But he says, protect your joy. Hold on to your joy. Don't lose your joy. If you lose your joy, you lose your strength. Hold on to your joy in the midst of whatever storm, whatever challenge you're going through. How do you hold on to your storm? I mean, onto your joy. I don't want to hold on to the storm. But how do you hold on to your joy? I think sometimes when you're going through a storm, the first thing we do is we isolate ourselves. We run away. We run away. We run away. We isolate ourselves. Not feeling like going to church today. I know you've never thought that. Only other people have thought that. But that's what happens. The first thing when we're going through a storm is we want to hide away at home. We want to close the shutters. We want (laughs) to, some of us lie under the duvet. Some of us eat too much. But in general, we often hide away or we, or we go do something stupid. But the storm, it forces you to make a decision. 
What are you going to do? Are you going to run away? Are you going to isolate yourself and lose your joy? Or are you going to stay in community with friends together in the storm so you can get your joy back and stay strong? Your joy is your strength. Over the last month or so, I have been like, oh God, I don't want to ask anyone to pray anymore for us. I'm like so over it. <laughs> like so over it. I don't want anyone to pray for us anymore. It's like this, this is terrible. This just, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and then a pastor friend of mine would phone me and uh, we'd pray over the phone and it just rocks my world. And I realize I need, we need people. We need people. I think sometimes God allows us to be weak so that we can see how strong he is. It's not fun. But it's good. If you don't get offended, if you don't get bitter, if you don't run away, if you handle it right, your storm can be your greatest breakthrough, your greatest victory in your life. And Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. This battle you're going through, I have already won it for you. I've already won it. I've done it. I've won it for you. That in me, in me, you may have peace. And so the storm, when you're going through a challenge, we're going through a crisis, the storm tries to get you to look away from Jesus. And I just felt the Lord saying to me over this weekend, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Ah, it's... It's painful. Ah, I don't want to. I want to focus on the pain. I want to focus on the issues. The Lord says, no, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep looking at him for he is your solution. Keep looking at him for he is the answer. He will bring, bring breakthrough. He will lead you through the storm. When you, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, often been said, don't stop. Just don't stop. Don't go sit in the valley of the shadow of death. Keep walking. Keep your eyes on him. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep going. So the purpose of the storm is to to cause you to look away. To look away from Jesus. The storms hurt. The storms are painful. It it wounds us on the inside. It causes us to become self-focused. Like, what's wrong with me? So the enemy will come and tell you, yeah, something wrong with you. Uh, You're the only person in the whole world going through this type of storm. There's something super, super wrong with you. Uh, that's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of the enemy. God celebrates you. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will say, I believe in you. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Don't look away. He is your savior and your deliverer and your healer. The storm wants you to look away, to become self-focused, start doubting yourself, receiving accusations against yourself. So the first thing is storms distract. Storms distract. Someone said, focus on your giants and you stumble. Focus on God And your giants stumble. The hardest thing in the storm is to keep your eyes on God. To keep your eyes on God. Especially when you don't know what is going on. Why is this happening? Well, you don't even know what's happening. It's just crazy. But you know he knows. So even if you do not know, he knows. Keep your eyes on him. So the first storms distract. 
And I heard Chris Vellerton say this, and it's so powerful. Because we, 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 we ask ourselves, why am I going through the storm? And, and so often it's, we can blame ourselves. And he said, you probably didn't do anything wrong to be in the storm. It's actually, you probably did something right. You see, when you walk into your promised land, you're going to meet some giants. So you're actually stepping into your promised land. And you're stepping into a spiritual conflict with, with spiritual powers that wants to keep you out of your promised land. But they make the storm, then they start accusing you, think something's wrong with me. And so you back away. Oh, no, something's wrong, something's wrong. And so you, you, you walk out of your promised land. No, you keep on in your promised land. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep going for what he has said. Don't back away. I, I believe so many Christians step into their promised land, experience spiritual conflict, and they run away. And they never overcome. They never overcome. They never overcome because they're running away. Don't run away. Stand. Having done all to stand, stand. They'd say it. Say stand. Stand. There's a spiritual war. There's a spiritual war. If you win these battles, you win for many. Now I'll share about that in a moment. Storms will come. Do not be surprised. Jesus said, tribulations will come. Don't be surprised. Some Christians get the scare of their life when they go through a storm. They know there's not supposed to be. And sometimes a storm comes. Storms attack our joy. Don't lose your joy. Depression is like a joy thief and it removes your strength. It's like being in, in his presence, like when we're worshiping in church. In his presence is joy. So when you're going through the storm and you feel down, you're feeling well, when you, when you worship him, then you break through into his presence. And sometimes the storms just keep going and you must just keep going. Don't give up. Jesus Christ is the superman. He is the Lord over the storm. He is still enthroned on high in the midst of the storm. When you say, I don't know what the heck's going on. You know he knows and he's in control. He is God. And I know Jesus has already won this battle for me. Let's say it. Jesus has already won this battle for me. So you just need to keep your eyes on him. The next verse I want to read about a storm. I'm just going to take you through a few storms in the, in the scriptures. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 to 41. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. That's Jesus. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be? And there's a few powerful things. But the one thing I want to highlight there is, teacher, do you not care? So you're going through your storm. You're going through your valley of the shadow of death. And as humans, we do, we ask, we, we question the goodness of God. God, you don't even care. I'm going through this stuff, but you don't care. Don't fall for it. Do not doubt God's goodness. Do not doubt God's character. He is good. Even when we don't understand, he is so good. Let's say it, he's good. He is so good. 
So when you're going through something and you don't understand what's going on, don't accuse his goodness. Don't receive those accusations saying that God isn't good. Because that disconnects you from him, the one who's going to help you and set you free. The enemy tries to disconnect you from God. From God, from people. Tries to isolate you, as I said. The storm also amplifies or exposes our fears. So Jesus said, why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. Why are you so fearful? So when you're in the storm, the fears that are in our hearts, they get amplified. They get exposed. It's like suddenly they become massive. That's not bad. It's not bad if you address it, if you deal with it. Okay, okay, we, we, let's bring these things into the light. God's setting us free completely today for life. It's not bad. The storm, if you, if you handle it right, it exposes our fears, but also exposes it so you can be set free from it. Okay, the question. Who wants to be free from every fear? Who wants to be fearless? Okay, bad news. You'll have to go through a few storms. It's the only way. You have to face your fears. You have to look your fear in the eye. And then look up and say, Jesus, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than this. This is a lie. Fear is a lie. Fear is not truth. But the fears that we experience in our lives, that become limitations on us. They become boundaries in our lives. Even three weeks ago, when I was in Argentina, the Lord spoke to me and said to me, he's going to set me and Sonica free for the sake of multitudes. So I know why I'm going through the storm. Because he's setting us free so that multitudes can be set free. You see, if I have stuff in my life that's not dealt with, then I can't bring freedom to others. If I have fear that binds me, that keeps me from stepping out and believing with all my heart, I cannot be a vessel for God to bring freedom to others. So we sometimes, then you have to go through your storm. But it's worth it if you know it's going to benefit others. It's like God speaking to Joshua, saying to Joshua, Joshua, you're going to take the promised land, but you're going, to, you're going to actually give the promised land to many others. Your victory becomes the victory for multitudes. I must say, that makes suffering much easier. It's worth it. It's going to impact other lives. When you're going through your thing, know that you're not going through it alone. Your victory will become the victory for multitudes. Amen. Amen. Storms attacks the goodness of God. Storms amplifies or exposes our fears. Now deal with it. Bring it before God. Pray with someone through it. I mean, even, you know, if you have nightmares, you know, or, or the, the nightmare that you had, it probably exposes areas in your life that you are susceptible to fear. Deal with it. Share it with someone. Bring it into the light. Say, I had these things. Okay, obviously there's an open door somewhere. There's a vulnerability in my heart to this area of fear. Let's deal with it. Let's get free in Jesus' name. And then the storm is our friend. Doesn't feel like it. I shared it a while ago. I shared it again. But the devil's biography, if the devil would ever write a book, it'd be called, It Backfired Again. Hallelujah. It backfired again. I sent it to destroy. God turned it for good. I sent it to crush. God used it to heal. 
I sent it to torment. God used it to bring greater peace than ever before. So let's just say it again. Devil, it's going to backfire again. It's going to backfire again. You need to know that. The worst things the enemy sends into our lives becomes our greatest victories. Our greatest victories. Uh, a week or two, two weeks ago, uh, a guy came to us, I shared shortly in, in, in the service, but he had a, a vision of a hose pipe and someone trying to shut the hose pipe down, like close off the flow. And he didn't know what it was all about, but he said as it was trying to be closed, closed as, as the flow was being, as he was trying to shut down the flow, it actually accelerated the stream. It accelerated the flow of the, of the water through the hose pipe. And that is so, I think, what, what happens. God is doing something good in your life. There's a flow of his goodness. The enemy comes and he tries to shut it down. He wants to close it. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and we handle the storm correctly, it will bring an acceleration into our lives that would never have been done or possible if the storm didn't come. The storm brings acceleration. The crisis that comes into our lives, if we handle it right, it brings an acceleration and a freedom into our lives that we would otherwise never have known. Say amen. Amen. If you handle the storm right, it will be your greatest victory. If you handle it wrong, well, pain. Unnecessary pain. Unnecessary pain. So Jesus stills the storm. In that, in that passage, Jesus got up and he said, be still. And everything became quiet. So Jesus is the one. That can change everything in a moment. Why doesn't he do it on day one? I don't know. (laughs) Probably because he's bringing an acceleration in our spirit, man. Probably because he wants to cut away the rubbish in our lives so that we may know him and see him for who he is. Probably so that we can find out that we're really, really small. So that when revival breaks out, only Jesus will get the glory. That's good. That's good. But he can still the storm in a moment. So he's saying, look at me and keep your eyes on me. Don't look away. Don't look away. Don't look away. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. Don't run away. Don't become bitter. Don't give up. Don't don't downscale your theology because you're experiencing something that is not the will of God. Don't, Don't downgrade your theology. Keep your theology there. It is the will of God for us to prosper, to be peaceful and joyful, to overcome in every situation. That's his will. Don't downgrade. Don't downgrade. Don't ever downgrade. I have made up my mind that God is good. Doesn't matter what happens in my life, God is good. Amen. He is so good. He's so good. Jesus stills the storm. Jesus stills the storm. So this is where the test comes in. When you're in that storm, the test is, are you going to give up? Are you going to give up? Are you going to run away? Are you going to walk away from your promised land? Are you going to become bitter and angry? 
Oh, you're going to say, Jesus, I don't understand, but you're worthy. You're worthy of my life. I lay down my life. You're worthy. You're glorious. You're powerful. Doesn't feel very powerful right now, Jesus. (laughs) But you are. You are. You are. Keep going. Keep going. Don't look to other places for salvation. Keep going. And so sometimes we hit a massive storm. So how I handle some of my storms. You know, you need to speak to the devil sometimes. Do you speak to the devil sometimes? I sometimes speak to the devil. And I tell him, I'm so going to give you grief. I'm so going to punish you. Well, God's going to punish you. But I'm going to be an instrument in his hands. What you are bringing against us now, it will backfire a thousandfold against you. I will not sit here and mope and become bitter and angry. God's going to turn this around for his glory. You know, I want to be known in heaven. I want to be feared in hell. I want to be feared in hell. I want to do great damage to the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, but sometimes you need to wrestle with darkness. Sometimes you have to wrestle. Sometimes you have to wrestle through your things until breakthrough. When breakthrough comes, it's be massive, 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 massive. Your breakthrough is huge. I want to speak this over you. For each and every one of us, your breakthrough is huge. You are stronger than what you think. But sometimes we want to feel sorry for ourselves. Don't get up. This is war. Get up. Stand. Get up. Keep marching. Get up. Worship him. Get up. Speak the goodness of God. You know, I know every battle I go through, it's not about me. It's about multitudes. It's about multitudes. Our personal victories become our corporate victories. Your victories over the big storms in your life becomes the victory for multitudes, for many others. Keep the faith, don't give up. So I want to take you to, to David and Goliath, 1 Samuel 17, 11. The enemy camp sent forth this champion, this massive giant of a man, and the, 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 the people of God were terrified. And when Saul and all Israel heard the words, these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed. Greatly afraid. The whole army of God was afraid, dismayed, terrified. Verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Dreadfully afraid. They fled from him. Many Christians flee from their storms. God, I can't do this anymore. God, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. I promise you it's not too much. God will never test you or tempt you beyond what you are able to handle. Never. You are able in Him to overcome every challenge, every storm in your life. But the people of God ran away. Are you going to run away? Really feeling to ask some of us this. Are you going to run away when the storm comes? Or you're going to stand. God has spoken. I am not running away. But so as you know the story of David and Goliath, then there's a young boy that comes. And he, he was like just seeing things differently. 
1 Samuel 17, 26, it says, Then David spoke to these men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What does it mean, uncircumcised? God isn't with him. God's with us. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So he was saying, God isn't with him. God's with us. They are not just coming against us. They are coming against the living God. I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, or ever have gone through, or ever will go through, whatever you are experiencing, you are not alone. You're not alone. Let's say, I'm not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone whatever you're going through because whatever's coming against you is coming against your heavenly father because you are his child, his daughter. You are the apple of his eye. If the enemy touches you, he pokes his finger into the eye of the living God and there's a big hand coming down. That comforts me. Whatever storm you're going through, you are never, never alone. And so you want to speak to the devil and say, devil, do you know what you're doing? Do you know who you're touching? You're touching a child of the most high God. You know that when you touch me or when you touch us, you are touching the living God and he will punish you. Sometimes you need to read. I, read, uh, I heard that Chris Valentin does it as well. I did it years ago. Sometimes you must read like the book of Revelation. You need to read to the devil his future. He likes to tell you your future. It's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. You're, da, 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 you're going to die. Ah. Well, let me read you your future. We win. You burn. Ha, 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 ha. Then you laugh at him. Ha, 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 ha. Fatsue. Read him his future. Read him his future. Tell him. Whoever comes against you comes against God himself. Because you see, when you're in the storm, when you're in a crisis, you feel alone. You feel the only one going through it. No one cares. And so he tries to get you self-focused, but also on other, other, you start comparing. Other people have it so well. It always just works for them. For me, why doesn't it always just work for us? You know, in that, that mindset. You start comparing. They always look so happy. But they're probably not doing great things for God. Those who do great things for God need, sometimes needs to wrestle, to fight. You are not alone. Whatever you're going through, you are not alone. Let's say it. I am not alone. Hallelujah. The armies of heaven back us. The armies of heaven are with us. So how do we, how do we take down this enemy? How do we overcome this enemy. 1 Samuel 17, verse 40. It says, Then he took his staff in his hand. This is David. He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I think prophetically that's so profound. He goes down to the river. You know, there's a river flowing from the throne of God. When you go to that river, you can receive stones. I believe that's revelations, revelations of who God is. If I evaluate the last month or so, every 
trial we went through, every challenge we went through, there would be a, 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 a word, there would be a revelation of who God is, and I'd break through. And it's like the next wave. And then I get a revelation of his faithfulness, a revelation of his goodness, a revelation of his strength, a revelation of his kindness, a revelation of, 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 of him being creator God of heaven and earth. And I would break through and I'd be in his presence. And then he'd say, there's more. And then we go through another storm and another wave and another wave and another wave. But every time you receive a revelation, it's like you get a, a stone that you can... Take out the giant. You cannot run at your giants without a revelation of who he is. You cannot. And he will take you out. But if you know who he is, you can stand. You can take him down. I know who my God is. He's good. Faithful. Strong. Able. Powerful. With me. Loves me. Revelation. You need revelation, so you need to dig in the scriptures. You need to go to the, the river, the stream. Say, God, I know I must not focus on the enemy. I'm going through the storm and everything in me wants to look away from you. I know I must look at you. But God, now show me who you are afresh. Then I may take down this giant. Take down the giant. You need revelation. Revelation, knowledge, fresh, fresh revelation. The smallest revelation, even like a small stone, can bring down the enemy's champion little stone took down the champion of the enemy. When you see him for who he is. And then verse 42 to 46. Prophesy. Finishing off with this. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He belittled him. So when you're going through the storm, you can experience a belittling, a voice that belittles you and tells you you're alone. You can't do this. You're not strong enough. You're not going to make it. You don't have it what it takes. You don't have what it takes. He disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you came to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. So he cursed him. The enemy is prophesying. The enemy is prophesying. Are you? Are you? Are you just listening to what the enemy is speaking towards you, to you, concerning your circumstances? He cursed David by his gods. And then verse 44. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give you your, your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He said, I'm going to kill you. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, he begins to prophesy back. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So he's saying, Goliath, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. It's not just me. You have defied the armies of heaven this day. This day, we're going to take you down. This day, the Lord, this day, say this day. This day. This day. The David said to the first, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David had a supernatural revelation that he was not alone. David had a supernatural revelation that God was with him. David had an understanding that he is busy with a great work for God. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses. Ah, oh, I just love the Bible. It's beautiful. 
This day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So David prophesies. He's saying, this day, this day, I'm going to take you down in the name of the Lord. So I want to say to you, if you are going through a storm, this is the day of your deliverance. This day. Begin to prophesy. Take the word of God and you start prophesying the will and the word of God to the enemy, to circumstances, to challenges. Whatever might be coming against you, take the word of God and prophesy that all the earth may know. You see, my victory becomes a nationwide victory. Your victory becomes a victory for multitudes. If you overcome depression, it's not just your victory. You open the door for multitudes, others to overcome depression. When you overcome a molestation and you don't have bitterness and anger anymore, you forgive. You open the door for many others to be healed as well. When you overcome lack, when you overcome poverty, you break the, the power of poverty, not just over yourself, but you open the door for others to as well. When you overcome fear, you open the door for others to become bold. Even as with David, when he killed Goliath, when he brought him down, the whole army of God became strong and confident and courageous and they took the enemy out. When you overcome, you overcome for others. When you overcome, whatever it might be, you win a battle for the kingdom of God and you open the door for others. Let's say it, I open the door for others, for freedom, in Jesus' name. If you overcome divorce, you open the door for others to overcome as well. You see, it's not just about you. You are part, if you are a Christian this morning, you are part of an army. This army has one purpose, to see the kingdom of God extended on this earth. Every one of us have personal battles. Every one of us have personal things we are going through. I want to tell you, it's not personal. It's not personal. It's not about you. It's about the others God wants to set free as you break through your your battle, as you break through the storm. I might say that helps me when I go through the storm. It's worth it. I want to tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. Sonic and I also spoke about it this over the last month or so. You go through different things and then and, and she said it and it was so so powerful. It is an honor to experience demonic persecution for Jesus Christ. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor to fight for God and to see his kingdom extended. It's an honor. It's an honor to say the apostle Paul, uh, you must go read his stuff. It's not so great to read it, some of it, but he said, in sleeplessness often, in hungers and colds and lack and fastings and torments and sufferings. The Apostle Paul boasted in his suffering. He said, this is for Jesus. It's worth it because it's for you. It's not just about me. This is for the church. This is for the church. This is for the church. Hallelujah. Last verse there, 1 Samuel seventeen fifty. It says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was a ripple effect of fear. 
running through the enemy's camp. Sometimes the enemy sends their champions against us. You take down that one champion and you see fear ripple through the, through the camp of the enemy and you extend the kingdom of God. Just take down the champion. Take him down, take him down, take him down. So I just want to release a giant slaying anointing over us this morning. You have what it takes in Jesus because he is Lord over the storm. He is strong. He is able. He's already won every battle for us. But he gives us a giant slaying anointing. You want your promised land? You have to take down the giants. You want the promised land? You have to go through the storms. He keeps us. He keeps us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, please stand with me. So we want to pray for people going through storms this morning. Or if you feel that you're going to go through a storm soon, you're also welcome to uh, receive some prayer. I know this message isn't necessarily relevant for everybody at this moment, but make a mental note <laughs> to, to read these. I want to I encourage you to start prophesying to your greatest challenges, your greatest storms, your giants. Start prophesying the word and the will of God over your circumstances. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, you are so good. Jesus, you are Lord over the storm. And we thank you, God, that you give us strength. You give us supernatural strength to not give in. To not back away. But to keep marching into our promised land. In the name of Jesus. Let's just say it. I'm not giving up. No matter what life throws at me or the enemy throws at me, I will not give up. I will not back away. I will take my promised land. In Jesus' name.